I'm Sam Dingman. And I'm Mac Montandon. And on our new podcast, The Rumor, we're trying to figure out if the Orioles faked a power outage in 1997. The answer involves Baseball Hall of Famer Cal Ripken Jr., Hollywood Hall of Famer Kevin Costner, and a renegade cop who goes by Mad Dog. We're going to try to unravel this mystery before this mystery unravels us. Listen to The Rumor on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sponsored by WinBet. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I'm your host, John. Happy to be here. Junior, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. Happy to be here again. Always fun. That's what's up. That's what's up. We, we, we've got a real special episode today, y'all. And, you know, because we had a real special episode, we got to bring a real special guest, man. We had to throw it all the way back to high school, man. This has been my dog since freshman year high school. My guy uh a walking bucket right behind me but uh but this is my guy Kobe man Kobe let the people know how you doing man man now I'm happy to be here it's John's podcast so I'm not gonna say I won't embarrass him this whatever he wants to say he, he can say but yeah I'm happy to be here talk to my guy I remember him coming over freshman year of high school before football games and everything so we go way back it definitely definitely and for uh, for the record, Kobe Kobe is another collegiate hooper. This is our second collegiate hooper on the podcast. Kobe plays at, at Chico. How's that going, Kobe? Good. No season this year because of everything going you know on in the world. But can't <clears throat> can only control what you can control. So looking forward to coming back next year, playing and stuff. Had a good, really good season the year before. What made the NCAA tournament, but was cut short. So we'll have a lot of guys back. So we're looking forward to it for sure. That's that, that's what's up. That's what's up. And we talk about rookies of the year today. Are we going to be talking about you one day, Colby, or what? Yeah, uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I definitely it's a special rookie of the rookie of the year class because I played against one, a couple of the guys in huh. the conversation. So we won't get into <laughs> what happened when we played them, but we can get into the point that I played them. <laughs> and yeah, then you worked that, them, right? That's yeah. for a different story. Man, that's a di- that can be a different podcast. But we're not going to get into too much detail on this one. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. But all right, y'all. So, so today, y'all, we got the top five uh, rookie of the year candidates, and uh, we thought who best to bring on, but the upcoming rookie for the twenty twenty three draft, Colby Orr. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm looking forward to. It. I mean, good. I honestly, I've been able to watch some basketball being at school. It's kind of tough, you know not at home so I don't have the luxury TV that I get at my parents house and everything but I've been following along I play a lot of fantasy basketball so you know the rookie class has been some of the guys have been killing my team I've had to pick up a couple of them so I think a lot of the and I followed it I follow NBA because I'm a basketball player so going into the draft I think a lot of the guys you know people thought it was kind of a weaker draft class there isn't like that Zion or Luca or something but there's a lot of good players and stuff in their roles and everything that there's about five or six guys that could make the case for being rookie all first team or whatever. I think right now everybody can kind of imagine who would be rookie of the year, but weird things can happen. But the rest of the spots on the first team, there's a lot of guys that could probably make it. Definitely. Uh, for, for me, when I was making this list, like two through five was was really a toss up. One was the only one that I, I definitely knew two through five. I had to look at the stats and really kind of compare because it, 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 it gets close. It gets close. And I only think for me, honestly, there's only like three players that for sure make this list. The other two are real fringe. Like you could definitely go another way. Yeah. And then you throw in like, you know, guys like Anthony Edwards, who's obviously ridiculously good and everything, but. Minnesota is uh, the worst record in the league. 
he so he of course he's gonna put up without Carl Anthony Towns he's gonna get a lot more touches and everything whereas guys like Wiseman or somebody else that are on teams that are winning and everything they might not they're just trying to get built into the culture and everything so I think it's also a lot to do with fits and just being able to the opportunity and stuff to play some guys have a better opportunity some you just got to make what you can of it definitely definitely all right well then let's let, let's go ahead and jump into our top five list man and not- before before we jump into it real quick What's I just up? want to give a quick shout out to a player who is always a contender for rookie of the year every year, and that's Ben Simmons. <laughs> Cracked my top five this year, but he's been in that rookie of the year race for like the past four years or so. So shout out to him. Just couldn't make my list this year though. <laughs> shout out Ben Simmons, man. But all right, man. So uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and kick off my number five, and then if you guys want to go ahead and talk about your number five after that, but. My number five, man. I, I I got a I got an outcast choice, man. I went with Sadiq Bay from uh from from the Pistons. Right now, averaging ten points per game, four rebounds, one assist, shooting eighty eight percent from the free throw line, 40 percent from three, and forty one percent from the field. Sadiq really he, he really is an eye test player, man. Like he's an he's an elite defender. Every night he takes the challenge on guarding the other team's uh, top player, and he's just one of those players that you absolutely love him when he's on your team. He hustles after every loose ball, after every rebound, doesn't take plays off. And uh, S- Sadiq Bay really is like your perfectly imagined role player, right? Like when you, when you think of a role player, or at least myself, like I ask myself the question, like, what do I want in my role player? I want somebody that could play defense and that could shoot. And Sadiq Bay do both of those, man. Very good. He shoots, right, as we saw, 40% from three. And uh, he, he really does understand his role. You know, he understands that he, he's not the star of that team, but at times he needs to take initiative and and, you know, do uh, do what Sadiq got to do, man. So that's why I went with Sadiq and my number five, man. But Colby or Junior, go ahead. Y- y'all talk to me about who you guys got number five. That's that, that's a good pick, honestly. I thought about him. He eventually didn't make my top five. But but that's that's a good pick. He probably wouldn't even have been my sixth pick. <laughs> but uh, but I definitely consider him. But my For my fifth pick, actually, I'm with Emmanuel quickly. So yeah. he's been solid this season, except maybe for recently. But aside from, you know, the last few games, like, what, four or five games, he's been solid. Mm-hmm. Put up good numbers at 12 points, two rebounds, three assists. He's got 39% from the field and 37% from three. But along with those numbers and Julius Randle, he's one of the reasons that the Knicks are overachieving right now. Like, there's six in the East, which is higher than what I expected them to be. And now with Derrick Rose on the team, uh, that's been less touches for quickly, and he's struggled over the last few games. He's actually shooting 12% from the field. So it's a pretty steep drop-off, only putting up seven points a game. So because of that, I dropped him the fifth. I initially had him in fourth, but I dropped him the fifth. But it was really close, fourth and fifth. And, and I really only gave him fifth. I only gave quickly fifth spot because of that recent, you know, kind of slump in form. But honestly, if he can find the success that he was having before Derrick Rose came – he climbed this list maybe a little higher. I don't know if he's, you know, competing with probably our number one guy, but but he could definitely climb this list a couple of spots. And it's only really a matter of time before he meshes with D Rose because D Rose is new to the team, you know. So give him some time to mesh and I think they'll all kind of start to find their footing a little bit more. So that's why I got him fifth. Yeah. I mean that's a I was thinking about him. He's definitely in my for maybe fifth, sixth, seventh, somewhere in that range. I think this isn't my number fifth, but and I don't know his stats. His name is Malachi Flynn. He's a backup point guard for the Raptors. I I knew somebody that went like played against him in high school and everything, so I kind of knew who he was in college and remember him killing it at San Diego State. And then I've seen news about him, and I was like, man, like this guy is good. But my number five is Peyton Pritchard. I mean, I don't think I think there's a lot of people you could have gone with at number five. The top four, in my opinion, are pretty depending on the order. I think you could change it up maybe, but besides number one, two, three, and four can change. But my number five is Pritchard. I remember in the beginning of the year, Kemba Walker was out. And so I think Eric Bledsoe, yeah, or no, not Eric Bledsoe, Jeff Teague was a starter for the Celtics and was just not, not cutting it. And Pritchard was coming off the bench. I know he had, I think he had one game, he had 20 and 10. And I mean, you're on a team with Jason Tatum, Jam, like a lot of good, dudes, all-stars and stuff. So being able to come in off the bench, undersized, but be able to play your role, take care of the ball in the clutch, <clears throat> play defense, hit open threes. Like he was doing a lot of good things. And I think that's kind of a, when I was talking about like an opportunity, like he, you're not going to come in as a rookie. Like I don't think somebody like Anthony Edwards could come in and play with Boston super well because he's same position. 
you know, he's an explosive scorer. Tatum and Brown are going to get most of the touches, but Pritchard kind of came in and knew his role to take care of the ball, hit the open shot, <clears throat> pick up the other player full court and stuff. And I think, especially when you get to NBA, there could be a lot of egos and stuff just because everybody's used to being the best player. So finding a young guy to come in and be like, oh, like, I'm just going to buy into the do what the team needs. I think that's important. And Pritchard kind of filled that role. And Kemba Walker hasn't been playing well. Like, they know they have a young, nice backup point guard coming off the bench. Maybe he's not good enough to be their starting PG, but – and who knows, maybe he'll end up becoming good enough to do that. But it's nice knowing you have your rookie pick coming in, giving you – I think he's averaging 10 and 4 or something like that. But come in and at least stats aside, he's going to buy into the culture and stuff. And outside the top four, I haven't been super impressed with a ton of the rookies, like scoring numbers and everything. So – I was looking more at number five, like who is the best culture fit, who looks like they're making their team better. And I was, in my opinion, probably Peyton Pritchard. That's a good way to look at it. I, I, I like that. Think about it from that angle. Like, oh, you know, who is, who makes a good fit for their team? That's, that's for sure. That's a solid pick. That's not who I would have expected. So that's definitely a solid pick. Yeah, he definitely, that's my, that was my sneaker pick. When I first watched him in like the beginning of the year, I was like, eh, like he's good, but like, you know, I don't know. I just didn't, Never, like, loved watching him as a player, even in college. But then, like, you know, you start watching him, he just gets out. Like, he just competes, like, really, really hard. And it's, like, it's inspiring to watch because when you get there, and I'm not saying anything about Tatum or Brown. They don't compete. But, I mean, these guys are going to give you 28, 7, and 6. Like, they're not the type of guy that, you know, most likely dive on the ground for every loose ball. Like, Pritchard's picking up Kyle Lowry full court. Like, he's going to go head-to-head with him, even if – he is an NBA All-Star NBA champion. So you got to respect it and everything. And then yeah. who comes in when his number's called is ready to hit back-to-back clutch threes, take care of the ball. Like, I don't know. You can't ask for much more, especially for a late pick. I think he was picked last pick in the first round. So it's like, I mean, it's a, a steal. It's a steal. Yeah. That's yeah. a steal. That's a steal. All right, definitely. Talking well, about a steal, I, I got one in there too, but we'll get it. <laughs> I, I I like that. I like that. I, I like your number five, Colby. All right, so uh, so so let, let me go ahead and move on to my number four, man. And I'm gonna go go with the big man over here in the Bay Area, man, James Wiseman. Man. Right now, he's averaging 12 points per game, six rebounds, one block, shooting 40 percent from three and 50 percent from the field. Leads all rookies in blocks and rebounds. But, man, like, one thing I had to bring up was the fact that James Wiseman is 7'1", with a 7'6 wingspan, and he is athletic as heck, man. Like, and, and when you pair that up on when the pick and roll, you know, I always talk about this on this podcast. Like, the NBA league is a pick and roll league. It's a, it, pick and roll is heavily used in every single offense. If you have him as the roll man – you could you you could hit you could hit him on a roll with a lob to the hoop. He could fade out. Uh, he, he could fade off from the screen, and he could he could hit a jumper. As we've seen, he shoot forty percent from three. Uh, and front and on the de- the de- the defensive end as well. If he plays the drop coverage on a pick and roll, he's so long and wide that whatever room he he whatever whenever someone goes by him, he could drop and get back to the hoop. And you know when we talk about modern centers, man, like at least to me, like what do I think when I think of a modern NBA day center? I think of a center with handles and that can shoot. That is exactly, exactly Wiseman. And uh, another, another key factor that uh, helps Wiseman uh, rookie of the year stock is, you know, he's a good, he's a good paint defender. He struggles a little bit in the perimeter, but he's, he's definitely a good paint defender and he allows the Warriors to be able to uh, allow shooters to, to run shooters off the line because they know they got Wiseman inside. And then my next point, I want to say this, but I want to give it a little disclaimer before I say this. He does not have nearly the talent of the person who I'm about to say, but he's I got like, <laughs> but he, he doesn't have nearly the same talent because this person I'm about to say is baby goat. But he reminds, Wiseman reminds me of a mini AD. Uh, I promise you, he reminds me of a mini AD. And and he has so many of these uh, of these traits that I seen in AD when AD was coming up, and it kind of scares me because I'm like, man, the words was just good. So now they now they just got an AD. Like, what's going on? But uh, but the reason why I had to why I had to put Wiseman in fourth place, man, into my fourth spot is because he fouls way too much. Uh, he he does lack like basic center like IQ. You know, like th- there's many times where I've seen Wiseman come out of come out of the pick and roll when and when he gets the ball, he don't really know what to do. Like the the, the he can't react to the defense. And like I mentioned earlier, he struggles when he sw- when he switched on to guards, and he's missed ten games this season. And like one thing that me and Junior always say in this podcast is the best type of ability is availability. 
Exactly, man. If he missing ten games, he he can't be my rookie of the year, man. But <laughs> um, but but yeah, that that's why I got in my fourth spot. But you guys talk to me. Who you got? Who you guys got? That's a solid pick because that's why I got in fourth as well. So um, he started he started the season looking like he was going to be rookie of the year, but he's faded, you know, a bit from there. But he's still, you know, he started he started really high. Now I got some numbers here too. One of the numbers I have is actually different than yours. I got him missing eleven games. But that's just because I wrote my script today, so that's probably why I think might be a little more. But still, like uh, he's he's got solid numbers: twelve point six rebounds, a block, and an assist. He's a very solid defender. Like I said, not as much on the perimeter, but definitely in the interior. The only thing, the reason he fell to fourth place, in my opinion, is he's lacking in one category compared to the other candidates in this league list, which is the best type of ability, which is availability, and that's the eleven games he's missed out of the thirty-three possible games. Uh, still, fourth place is very respectable. You know, to be top five in any award in a competitive league like the NBA is per, it's a big honor, especially when you're making the clutch talk top five. That's for not just real. for anybody. For real. No, <laughs> not for anybody. So, for sure. You know, I mean, you, you pretty much hit all the points already. He's like a, you know, he's got the potential to be an Anthony Davis type of player. And even if he doesn't get to Anthony Davis level, I mean, if he, even if he gets close, that's a great player still, right? So. I'm excited to see how he's going to pan out. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how he's going to fit in that Warriors team. By the time, you know, he starts hitting his stride, you know, it is the Warriors team still going to have, uh, you know, Steph and Clay probably because they're like, you know, the cornerstones of the Warriors. But, you know, what's going to happen is Steve Kerr still there. So it'll be real interesting to see. Is KD going to gonna... come back? I'm sorry? Is KD going to come back? <laughs> uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that's kind of all pan out. But uh, but back to this season, though, like I think if he can get to where he was in the beginning of the season, he could be competing with with who I got in first place for for rookie of the year, just because he was started off the season really, really hot. Right. So so I think that it's just him missing these these games now kind of hurt him a little bit. But, you know, when he got back on, he, he kind of looked like he didn't miss You know, he wasn't missing many steps so that's that's why i got in fourth i mean you hit most of the points so it's uh i, I got wiseman in fourth what about you colby yeah so i actually don't have wiseman at fourth i have him a little higher on my list but i'll argue my points later who i got in fourth is anthony edwards which i'm sure a lot of people have higher up and stuff and not anything no knock against anthony edwards uh, probably the best behind maybe wiseman best athlete in the draft Man. Really good score. So started the year kind of slow, but has really kind of picked it up yeah. as of recent stuff. Uh, stat, I mean, he averages 14 points per game, four boards, two and a half assists, shooting 37 from the field. But the reason I got him in fourth is because guys like Wiseman and stuff, their team's records, number one, I think, at the end of the day, you kind of all – they are rookies, but Anthony Edwards, Carmenthal Towns, I don't know how many games he missed. I feel like he's barely played this year. Man. D'Angelo Russell is like, I haven't even heard anything about him this year. He's definitely not the Brooklyn Nets D'Angelo Russell or anything. So right. Anthony Edwards has a lot of room to kind of grow and learn and stuff. And their team's terrible. It's not his fault or anything. Like no rookie should be is expected to be turning the franchise around really. Except so, LeBron. Yeah, except LeBron. LeBron. <laughs> Besides we'll that, like, yeah, nobody's gonna expect a rookie to come in. So I think him putting up good numbers shows like how talented he is and stuff but guys that I'll talk about later their teams are also kind of succeeding with them putting numbers up too which I think is kind of a bit is more important to me just because I think if your team it doesn't matter if you put up 50 a game like if your team's two and 30 it doesn't like right congrats and we'll just let you score your 50 and then move on and move on to the next game but I think he is kind of a I don't want to say Dwayne Wade but like I don't think he'll be as good as Dwayne Wade, but reminds me of that type of player, like a two guard that's really bouncy and stuff and could be a really good defender. He has a weird, not weird, but a good jumper, but it, I don't know. It's something like, it's, it's something that doesn't sit right with it me. Looks it looks different. It looks different. It goes in though, so I can't say much about it. But I mean, in this league, like you got to be able to shoot the three, at least have them respected. And I think if he gets to the point where people have to like, kind of, not like Steph or Clay, but you know, he pump thinks they kind of have to bite on it with his explosiveness and stuff. He'll be an unbelievably tough person to stop. But goes back into my thing about fit is, I don't know, Minnesota's had like three number one picks in the last six years. Wiggins looked horrible until he got to Golden State. Now he looks really good. 
Right. Towns has looked good. He has family issues and stuff right now, so no one can like you know respect to him and everything. You got to take your time, and he got COVID or whatever. But I mean, not, not a lot seems to be good coming out of Minnesota for pick. So maybe later on he starts in Minnesota, and later on in his career he'll get somewhere and look like a maybe a Demar Derozan type of player and stuff. But I just don't see him leading Minnesota necessarily. Minnesota is going to be getting a number one pick again next year, so it's like. Oh, well, now we have to go to the next Anthony Edwards. Like, what kind of happens to him? Does he fall out of the picture? Is he still their guy? And so, right. it's tough going to a team that always has the number one pick because every year it's like, oh, no, now this is our new guy. And it doesn't give him the chance to grow and stuff. And, like, you know, you want to build – if it's your guy, you want to build around him. So, maybe you go get a big guy next year. But if you're the number one pick, the top three guys for next year's draft are all guards. Like, are you really just going to pick a – random big guy to build around Anthony or what are you going to do? So I think, I think he has good numbers, but his team isn't that good. And I think he has a better chance to showcase out, like go out. Cause if he messes up, all right, well, we already suck. So it doesn't matter where right. some of these other guys on the list are in playoff contention. You know, if I go out and I mess up a couple of times, like if my team loses, especially a guy like Wiseman where in the West, it's so competitive and tough to get into the playoffs. Like one bad game could end up really costing you at the end of the year, but if you don't got to worry about it of course you're gonna go out there and you know start right. playing better because you don't have any pressure so i think i take that into consideration but he is easily could easily be the most talented and athletic player in the dra- in this rookie draft class but right now he's at number four and if the timberwolves were just a little bit better he'd be higher but seems like they're an automatic win for everybody right now so okay. yeah no absolutely though that, that that's a good point honestly okay. it gives them more like freedom and the green light to kind of be able to do what he wants to do yeah i mean they have it's just and i hope maybe he is the guy to turn minnesota around but they keep getting number one picks and they keep on never making the playoffs so at some point it's like these guys go there and put up numbers but would you rather have the guy that puts up 37 and 6 every game but his team is 10 and 60 or a guy that's you know maybe he's only giving you 15 and 5 and 4 but He's going to come down. He's never going to turn the ball over. He's going to play good defense. He's going to be a good teammate. I don't know if Anthony Edwards is a bad teammate or anything. I'm just saying, like, you know what you're going to get from that guy. He's going to buy into your culture. I'd rather have that guy just because I can build – it's easier to build a team with guys like that than it is, like, oh, the guy that's like, I'm going to get mine. And then if you build everybody around me. And James Harden's my guy. And it's kind of like, yeah, how it was in Houston and everything. Like, I'm going to go out and get mine. P.J. Tucker never shoots the ball unless he's wide open in the corner, like, Obviously, that's not the recipe for success. Unless you have a guy that's as good as Harden, which, I don't know. <laughs> They're not a lot of those. Yeah, I, definitely, Kobe. And, and I, I like how you bring in the point of, uh, of buying into the culture because, you know, that, that, that's definitely big in the league. You know, the, there's, there's guys who come into the locker room and just simply because they're ego, they don't want to buy into the culture. And that ruins the entire, the, the entire team season. So I, I, I definitely like how you how you, you bring that up, Kobe. Good point, it's, Kobe. Man, it's tough in the NBA, too, because it's not even their fault, but you get a lot of guys that I'm the best player in my high school. I go to Duke or some big Power 5 conference school, and then I'm the best player there, and I come to the league, and now everybody on my team is from Duke. Like, Yeah. Trying to put your ego aside and be like, everybody's as good as me, and dudes are 15 years older than me. Like, They're not just going to come in here and let some 18-year-old like you know push me around and stuff, but – if you can buy into that and show that, you know, you everything, like, you know, I'm here to help us win, not here to be like, oh, like, get you guys out of here and stuff. Like, then it's, then it's a different discussion. Definitely. Definitely. I like that. I like that. All right. Well, since Colby over here get, getting on Anthony Edwards, I, I might as well join in on the phone, man. My yeah. number three, I got I, I got Anthony Edwards, man. And it's I think I, Colby hasn't said his number three yet, but our three is just probably, it's probably flip-flop or three yep. and four. Um, but, uh, but Anthony Edwards, man, like, uh, Colby hit everything on, on the nail, man, 14 points per game, uh, three rebounds, two assists, 31% from the field, 37, 31% from three, 37% from the field. But one thing that I did want to bring up though, is that like how you mentioned Colby, he's, he's, uh, he's got his scoring up, uh, of recently and he's second in rookie scoring, but that definitely is impressive because like, he really is like the third option on this team and he's second 
he, he's the s- second leading scorer right now uh, among rookies. And Kobe right here, right, right on my list, I have I have D-Wade type player. So that's crazy that you said that because he is a slasher. He, he's a, you know, he's got that scoring mentality. He, he really does remind me of D-Wade. And li- like how you mentioned as well, Kobe, the man is athletic, y'all. He's 6'4", 225, 6'9", and just bouncing out the gym. I mean, I'm sure everybody saw his dunk, whatever, on that dude on the Raptors. And yeah. <laughs> it's like, I think – it's an amazing dunk. Like there's no way in hell I could block it or do ever do something like that. And not a lot of people can, but it's like he—that's the type of guy he is. Like he's gonna come down and punch it on you and stuff like that. He's almost like a kind of Russell oh, Westbrook. Yeah, Russell Westbrook, but he can shoot and stuff. But like you know, he's not the type of guy to you know step back and hit a three like Curry. He wants to come down and just bang it on you. Yeah, like you know, and bang, put you on Bleacher Report. And that's what happened, but. I mean, in the NBA, that's, you're bound to get dunked on. Like, I mean, right. if you play good defense and high high quality basketball, you're gonna get dunked on eventually. Yeah, especially against dudes that are athletic like that. Like, how can you expect not to get dunked on? Like, if you're going to block it, I mean, someone's gonna catch you eventually. It's not. Yeah. And so I think it is what it is. But yeah, go ahead, keep going. I just want that part. <laughs> now you good you good all right so uh i mean yeah that, that that's all i really got to say about edwards though the only thing i did want to bring up though as to why i don't have him in my top two is is his his inconsistency you know he, he could he could definitely be inconsistent he can go for like 25 one night and then like 10 the next night uh he also takes too many long twos man like you know just take and that's the worst shot in the game either come in for, for for a shot that you have a better chance of making or just step out to the three to get three points and he also out of all the rookies uh on my list uh he has the worst three-point percentage and the worst field goal percentage so that 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 definitely is my my only knocks on him but we'll see about top two man we'll see if they're better top three time here we go so i got edwards as well for my top three He's at 14.3 points a game, four rebounds, three assists, and probably dunk of the year, right? I think the last stat doesn't really count, but still, he's been good. Individually, he's played well, except maybe for his threes, which are at 32%, uh, which isn't so good. And then his field goal percentage is at 37%, and that could use a little bit of work as well. But aside from that, he's been solid individually. Team-wise, it's a whole other story, right? So so the Wolves are last in the West, as we've discussed, 7-26. and 26. They have a better squad than to be in last place. And that's what makes it tough. But I do have to cut them some slack since they missed Cat for most of the season and D'Lo for extended periods of time as well. Um, so, you know, like Colby said, Edwards has been given the green light to, to go and he's been going. You know, he's second in rookies in scoring. He started 16 of the 33 games he's played in. And, and he's definitely setting himself up to create. Maybe we're going to see how they have the pen out. But be making maybe making a big three in in Minnesota, right? If 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 D'Lo kind of steps up a little bit more, if Anthony Edwards develop, Cats already a superstar, right? So it's only really D'Lo and and Edwards that step up. But then you know Kobe brought up a good point. What if they get the number one pick again, which they probably will? Then they're going to again have a big four. How are they going to be able to fit everybody? You know, I remember when the Lakers were going through their slump, they had uh, D'Angelo Russell, then they got Brandon Ingram. And then before they got Lonzo Ball, they had to trade D'Angelo Russell. So it's like, who's going to get shipped out of the door? Who's going to stay? You know, so it's definitely something that is going to be kind of something that just keep an eye out for a situation to watch for the next few years. Because you just load up on number one picks and you don't have, you know, a player to go to. You don't have a foundation. You just basically like a revolving door of good players, but they just don't live up to any potential while they're there. So it's a tough situation in Minnesota, but I guess they it's better to be there than in say Sacramento, where they just keep missing on picks. They get high picks and just keep picking wrong players. And <laughs> Except for De'Aaron Fox, but maybe they made a good pick this year. We don't know. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But, uh, but, uh, but, but definitely, you know, the number, at least the, the, on paper, you know, Sacramento doesn't stick out of the team except for one player and another one that maybe, you know, has been kind of hampered by injuries. But they've been able to, you know, kind of make some work. So before I get too much into Sacramento – Let's uh, let's pass it to Colby for his for his number three pick. Yeah, I mean, I have Wiseman at number three. I think Wiseman is definitely number one. My number one then picked it up a little bit since he started starting. So then I think Wiseman would be number two if he ne- didn't sit out. The reason I have Wiseman at number three instead of number four is kind of similar to the reverse of Anthony Edwards. You know, you're coming into – and I dislike the Warriors a lot, as John knows and everything, but – you're coming into a team where it's like 
they've been that that's they've been that team. Like there's no discussion, no debating it. Like that's been the team for the last five or six years and stuff. And so not only is he coming into a team like that, you know, you got to gel with guys like Curry, who's obviously the best, one of the best players probably ever, if not, not the best, but one of the best players and probably the best point guard besides Magic and stuff, but um, definitely the best shooter. But you come in and luckily he's a great guy. Like he not self, very unselfish and stuff and Clay's unselfish, but you're coming to a team full of, you know, 30, 31, 32 year old vets that have, made the NBA championship five times in the last five years. Like it's no time for you to, it's a big learning curve. You better come in and be ready to go. And then you throw on top that Clay's injured, you know, obviously Katie's left. Draymond, in my opinion, is on a downhill slope right now, not playing, still maybe a good leader up to debate. Everybody has their own opinions, but people see Curry by himself and, Curry toward the league up the last five years. They're going to like, you know, they're going to try to take it to them. And so you come in and then you're getting everybody's best game every night, which is tough. And your team's missing clay, which is a huge part. They have clay. They're probably top five seed in the West, but without clay, it's tough because it's just Curry shooting. And obviously Ubre had a horrible start to the year. Picked it up recently. Wiggins isn't playing good now, but I think just being able to come in there and kind of be look mature you know, he doesn't look scared. He came in. He could push the ball on the break. His jumper isn't terrible. Kind of does look like a young AD. Can shot block really well. Can break. I mean, not many big guys can dribble the whole court and come down like Euro step and dunk it. Yeah, and so I think that's why I have him at number three. Obviously, you guys say he's missed. I think the last eleven games or eleven to thirty-three or something. Yeah, definitely been out, and I think that does hurt his stock. That's why I have him at number three, not number two. But I also do think it's tough. You know, he's done a really good job, especially because Steve Kerr has had probably the easiest and hardest coaching job. He's had a ton of all-stars and superstars. So managing that to make sure everybody's happy is extremely difficult. But at the same time, I'm not sure, you know, you have AD and Clay. Like how hard can it be to get these guys bucket? Like the unguardable dudes. And so, you know, he benches what brings Wiseman off the bench and starts Looney. Some people, yeah, I don't watch enough Warriors basketball to know if that's the right thing to do or not. But I do think that, especially if you're an eight seed and, you know, unless it's a huge change, like Looney's going to bring you guys up to the six seed or Wiseman's going to drop you guys all the way down. I'd probably keep rolling with Wiseman to get him comfortable playing with Steph. Cause when Clay comes back, now you got to have him comfortable playing with Clay and Steph and, always moving and stuff. So I think he's done a really good job this year and stuff. I think he had 20 and 15 off the bench one game. I mean, he's putting up good numbers. Warriors are eight seed. So when he comes back, it's a tough top two to crack right now, but he could possibly crack it and stuff. I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll win it. Number one is light years ahead. Yeah. Light years ahead of everybody right now. But I do like, I do like Wiseman and I don't like the Warriors a ton, but I do think he's, you know, a young AD type of player. Will he be AD? Um, I don't know if he'll be as good as Anthony Davis, but like Junior said earlier, even if he becomes 75% of AD is, that's still an all-star, still a really good center. And I don't know how it works, but I know if the Timberwolves, I think they, if they get a top three pick or something, their pick goes to the Warriors. There's right. something weird like that this year where – the Warriors are going to get the Timberwolves pick. I don't know if it falls out of the top three or if it's top three only. Excuse me. But uh, that could be another really good young player coming in and yeah. stuff. And I think being able to – if Wisen's able to mesh with them as Curry kind of makes his way out, which I'm sure is five, six, seven years away. But, you know, it gives time. Wisen's 19. This guy, whoever it will be, would be 18 or 19. Like, you have at least a really good young core – learning from guys like Steph, Clay, Draymond and stuff. So I think just the future looked good for Warriors, sadly. I would like to see them losing, but. <laughs> I feel you, man. I, and, and the thing is, when they picked Wiseman, I was like, bro, but they were just good for the exactly. last, like, five years. They were bad for one year, then they get my guy Wiseman? Yeah. I need them. You know, I don't know. I've had a lot of Warriors fans attack me and stuff. I've said a lot about the Warriors this year because they've been down, they're hurt and everything, but. Any team with Steph Curry, I mean, I got to respect it because he's – I'm small. Like, 
he's small guard in the NBA. Obviously, he's way more talented and like way bigger dudes and everything. But like, he's not. LeBron's obviously better, but LeBron's six nine two fifty. Like, he's a force to be reckoned with. Steph looks like just like a normal dude out there. If I saw him on the streets, I wouldn't be like, oh, like this dude's gonna muscle me or anything. But he goes out there and just kills these dudes. Like, super quick, and, super super quick. Super skill. He's a really good finisher. Like, there's a lot of things that I, I admire about this game, even if I don't admit it usually. Or yeah, like the Warriors, I will say it in private. Well, yeah, he's pretty good. When I'm watching the game by myself, I'm like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got, a, you got a clutch talking, a public admission here by Colby. Yeah, <laughs> clutch talking exclusive, man. Colby, you're giving the Warriors praise. Man, don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to cut that part out. Too many people with it. <laughs> Definitely. That's all right. Funny. All right. I like that. So, all right. So, man, let's go ahead and get into this top two, man. Because I know, I know this is what the fans is here for, man. So, uh, my number two, I had to go with LaMelo Ball. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, I knew it was a joke. I, <laughs> I was just like, kidding. No Kobe was like, what? No, nah, no, nah, I'm just kidding. I was like, I'm yeah. Good. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I want to hear why number two. <laughs> I'm going. I, I'm. I'm going with that boy over there in Sacramento, man. Tyrese Halliburton, man. Right now, averaging 13 points per game, five assists, three rebounds, one steal, shooting a ridiculous 44 percent from the three and 49 percent from the field, man. Like he, uh, Ty- Tyrese, really is a playmaker, man. Like every every Kings games that I've watched, he's able to read the defense so well, especially coming out of coming out of that pick and roll. Right now, he's currently assisting for thirty-two percent of his team's buckets. Right now, when he when he's on the floor, and he, he's he's a very versatile uh, offensive player. He play he can play well off the ball. He could also just go get a bucket. He 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 could shoot off the dribble. And to be honest, out of every single rookie in this list, I, he's I'm not saying he's the best player, but he's the most consistent player uh, for, for 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 his team. You consistently you could you consistently know what Tyrese is going to bring to your team. I feel what like. What about the number one pick, though? I think he's all right. The number one player. I I, I see. That's that's a point that I like. I thought about, but I think the number one player is better than Tyrese. But Tyrese, you know, consistently, he's he's going to give you anywhere to from ten to th- to thirteen points a night. Melo might give you ten assists, but then like three points. He might give you 10 assists, seven rebounds, and then three points. You know, I like and, – and I and it, it's depending on how you like it. You know, maybe right. maybe someone wants that that three points, 10 assists, and seven rebounds. But then maybe somebody else wants to consistently know what, what kind of contribution they're getting. And I think that as far as, like, scoring contribution, uh, I think that Tyrese is definitely the most consistent out of everyone on this list. And, I, I mean, among rookies, right, he's second in steals, second in assists. Uh, best three point percentage and best field goal percentage, man. So I, I think right now he's he's playing playing great at a at a, at a, at a great efficiency, man. So uh, that's why I went with my number two. I really wanted to try to bump him up to number one, man, because number one is that that one was hard to put number one, man. I saw that I saw him play when he was a freaking child, basically when the man was a sophomore in high school. Can't believe it, man. <laughs> can't believe you watch him grow you more. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I just, I'm, no, I'm, I'm not like I'm proud of him now. Like I'm, yeah. damn, like where did the, the years go? Like that's what yeah. I'm looking at. Yeah. But um, but yeah, man, that, 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 that's why I got him my number two. But you guys talk to me about your number two. Yeah, Halliburton as well. I mean, he was picked twelve overall in the draft. I mean, which is which is nice. Like imagine being the twelfth bas- best basketball player available in the world, right? Like it's pretty nice, but still, like it's it's a lottery pick, which is great. But if he's second in our rookie of the year ranking, that means that some teams made a mistake passing on him, right? Because basically, eleven teams passed on him, and he's not eleventh in the rankings. So he's been nice, like you said, during, you told all the stats. You know, thirteen points, he's going you know, four rebounds, five assists, forty nine percent from the field. Like it's a solid, solid player. And especially when he's not the number one option on the team, right? That goes to De'Aaron Fox. So he's being able to put up these solid numbers without being the number one option. The Kings are 13th in the West at 12 and 20. Weren't expecting much out of them this season anyway, especially with Luke Walton at the helm. So honestly, shout out to Halliburton. Like he's been playing well. I mentioned a trio in Minnesota, a future trio in Minnesota. And Sacramento's got the potential to have the same thing. If Bagley can kind of find his footing, you know, stay healthy for a while then they could have that, you know, Halliburton, Fox, and, and Bagley trio, which is, again, it's just like Minnesota, a young trio for the future. I mean, obviously, out of those six players, Colin Towns is head and shoulders above everybody. But 
but still, it's it's the young trio that can develop, you know. And he looks like he was a steal of the, of the draft so far, in my opinion, because if you can be, you know, running for rookie of the year and you had 11 teams pass on you, you know, it's you can you can look like a steal of the draft, kind of like when Kobe got drafted in '96. I think he was a 13th overall pick. I mean, it's 12 teams passed on him, right? So it's like that's you don't have to be second round to be steal of the draft. And I think that you know, 11 teams passing on somebody who's potentially gonna win. Probably not because of Lamelo, but potentially knows got a chance of winning Rookie of the Year. I consider that a steal. So that's what I got in second. Probably the same with you, Colby, or you got Lamelo yeah, in second. I was tempted to put Lamelo ball for what he did to us in high school, but <laughs> I'll let it slide. <laughs> no, I agree. Halliburton's definitely number two. I think you guys have touched on pretty much every point. The one thing I would add to is he is a point guard. So and De'Aaron Fox is a point guard, but they play really well together, and so. It just kind of goes into my thing, like, you know, he bought into his role. He's been able to come in and play off the Aaron Fox, who's having, like, a really good year as well. And they play great together. And the Kings seem to be horrible every year. So, it doesn't like it's not like, oh, we're expecting, you know, top eight team in the West or anything. But it does show a bright future in Fox and Halliburton. And if Bagley can get his stuff together or whatever. But I do think just looking at how he's been able to play with an all maybe not an all-star snub, but an all-star level year out of De'Aaron Fox and stuff. And he comes in and plays off him and still gets 13, five, couple of steals, couple of boards and everything. And he's had some, I think, I don't know if they're game buzzer beaters, but he's had some clutch threes and he kind of has a weird jumper, but it goes in. And so it's like, not much you can say about it. Like if it goes in, it goes in. And if it he can works. make it against yeah. in the NBA, like, it's not like you got to worry about all oh, the next level, like he's at the highest level possible. And so I think he plays really well with everybody, which is good. Plays really well with De'Aaron Fox, which is good to see. Like you said, I mean, pick 12 to obviously 11 teams passed on him. I think the top three teams, I don't know. I don't know if the Warriors would take him because they're, they already have a good point guard and everything, but in Charlotte. A lot of Warriors praise from you today. Yeah, Kobe, but, you yeah. kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, kind of funny, Kobe. Yeah. Don't tell me you got strength in numbers now. Nah, uh, that's what I will. That's the type. No, I'm not gonna get into my who I like anymore. I had to get off Harden's team. I can't be a ban. I can't chase the bandwagon after I uh, ripped Warriors fans for liking the Warriors after KD joined them. So I'm right now in intermission. I'm looking for a team to like. You're more than but, welcome to come to the to, to the winning side over here if you want. Man. To the Laker side. <laughs> I'm good. I like I like picking teams from the bottom and taking the way up. I like Zach Levine, so we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, I got Halliburton at number two. I mean, having a really good year, and I think if number one wasn't in this in this draft, then things would be different. Maybe he is the best player. Maybe he does win it, but he's not as good as Lamelo. Obviously, he's not having as good of a year as Lamelo, and which is crazy to say because he's having a really good year. But that just shows how far ahead Lamelo is right now. Agree, man. Said, said it perfect, man. So, so l- let's just talk about our consensus number one, Lamelo, man. That ball boy, man. Right now, it's crazy, y'all. Like fourteen, six and six on thirty-five percent from from the three and forty-three percent from the field. And he's actually only averaging two turnovers per game, which is it's, it's actually impressive for the the fast tempo offense that he plays. He plays a ridiculously fast tempo offense, so. Finn only have two, two turnovers impressive. He leads all rookies in scoring assists, steals, second in rebounding to, to Wiseman. I mean, he's, he really does it all. He's had one triple-double, six double-doubles this season. Uh, and, and one stat that, that, you know, that, again, I have to give a disclaimer. <clears throat> he doesn't do it at the same level as this person, but it's like he kind of does it along those lines. He has potential to do like that person. LaMelo can control the tempo of a game so well the same way that LeBron can. LeBron can do it on a way higher level, on a way higher scale. But LaMelo has great control of the tempo of the game with those outlet passes. And out of, out of, all, out of all the rookies, he definitely is the best rookie, uh, the, the best guard rookie, especially coming out of that pick and roll because of his insane core vision, his high basketball IQ. And uh, I think that this statement that I'm about to say actually only applies to Melo, right? So if you take off these rookies from their team, like, I don't – every other player on this list, I don't know if their team gets significantly worse. If you take Melo off the Hornets, like, 
their offense is much slower. They're they're not gonna have those uh, full court outlet passes. They're definitely not gonna have those uh, have those mellow and Miles Bridges lob. They're definitely not gonna have none of that none of that half court set offense as well. So you take Mellow out that team, that team is even worse than they already are. And right now Mellow is assisting for forty five percent of the buckets, the Hornets buckets when he's on the court. And man, like how me and Junior always say, man, the best type of ability is what Junior availability. Man, exactly. He he don't miss the games. You know what I'm saying? I know, I know he's a young guy. He doesn't miss the game. And most, I mean, not most importantly, but, you know, if if this matters to you, but narrative, you know, he has a narrative. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's been trying to see a ball boy win at Rookie of the Year since LeVar came out tripping in like 2016, man. And and, and you know, he, he's, he's about to do it. He brought in fans uh, into, into Hornets, into the Hornets nation, you know. And I'll be honest with you, man, like Hornets are my, like, dark horse team like I, I like watching the Hornets man like they're fun to watch just because Melo just plays with such a fast tempo and lobs and it's just it's, it's just a fun team I like I like scary Terry too but uh but yeah man I, I went with Melo my number one what you guys talk to me why you got Melo it's no it's no surprise obviously that I got Melo too with the way he's been playing it's not even a close race I mean you hit everything you know you hit all those points pretty much he's a difference maker. he's a difference maker and he's kind of made Charlotte like the hipster pick for everybody's like second team. Like, you know what I mean? Like everyone kind of watch, enjoys watching uh, Charlotte. That's something you've been saying for a while, John. So it's pretty interesting. And he actually just passed uh, Wiseman for more, most rebounds in the league. Uh, so he's got 6.0 and Wiseman is 5.9. Right. So it just, I mean, these type of things change every day, but as of right now, he's got 15 points a game, six assists, six rebounds, which is more than any player on the list. But not just any player on the list, any rookie, right? So he's got leading all rookies in rebounding, in assists, and, and in points, and in scoring, right? With that, he's been being able to put up two steals a game. He's putting up 35% from the three, 44% from the field. And, I mean, look, you just listen to all these numbers. It just dominates all the other players on this list, right? So so it's, it's definitely just a player that you – you have to pay attention when he's playing, you know, like he's a difference maker. He was a difference maker coming off the bench earlier this season. And more recently when he started starting more games, he made even more of a difference. So, you know, the hype's been real because he was hyped a lot. He was hyped a lot. And so far the hype's been real, you know, is it going to continue this way? We'll have to see, but so far, absolutely. He's got the Hornets sitting eighth in the East. I didn't even have the Hornets making the playoffs. So, you know, if the season were to end today, which obviously it's not, but We'd have the Hornets making the playoffs. So that's not only him, of course. Like, if, you listen, if you've been listening to the pod, you know Hayward's been balling. Uh, Scary Terry's been balling. But LaMelo's been balling too, you know, and I think he's the best candidate for rookie of the year given that what this class kind of has to offer. Yeah, so obviously I got LaMelo. I think you guys already talked about every point, but the two things I will say that I really – I mean, I played him as a freshman and stuff, and – you knew he would be good. Nobody knew he'd be this tall and stuff. So, but one thing I do, I think that stayed with him his whole life and is really big for him is he's super confident in his game and his game's weird, not weird, but kind of runs like loose with the ball. Got a kind of weird jumper. People have stuff to say about his jumper. They say he's loosey goosey with the ball. doesn't play hard on defense and like, he's had a lot of people saying a lot of negative things about him since he was a freshman or sophomore in high school that comes with the fame and everything. And he's probably the most famous athlete in high school. I mean, maybe LeBron, I don't know. I wasn't, well, I wasn't around when LeBron was in high school, but with social media and everything, it's hard to find. Zion would be the closest, I think. And so he's had people in his ear saying, oh, you'll never be this, 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 whatever. He's never really changed his game up and it's working for him. And I think that is just, you might not like his dad or whatever. I don't have a problem with his dad either, but you might not like his dad or whatever, but you have to respect him. I mean, people have said stuff to this kid since he was 15, 14 years old about overrated and everything. And he just took a weird path, didn't even finish high school, went overseas, played in whatever, the JBA and stuff. Like it's a weird, weird deal, but it worked out for him, obviously. And I think you guys talked about his stats, but since he's been starting the last eight games, maybe, I think he's averaging 20, a little over six and six of rebounds and assists too. So like, I think his stats would even be better if he started right off the bat. You know, his first couple of games, you could tell that it was kind of like, I think he thought it would be more an AU style where it's like, oh, like whatever. If I turn it over, nobody cares. And then 
you start to get into the idea like, oh, I'm in the, I'm in the league. Like this is my job and stuff. And like when he finally, I think that clicked mentally, it's been a stop in him. He's six, seven ish or whatever. Like he's a tough matchup for a point guard. He moves really well. He's bouncy. He can shoot. And it seems like whenever they need a bucket, he's going to hit it. He's that type of guy. He's clutch. Not afraid to take it. And then obviously you guys talked about his court vision is just like, it's tough. And I think that's what makes him fun to play with. And a lot of people like watching him play is because he's unselfish almost to a fault. Like he wants, he might want the highlight play, but it seems like he wants his teammate to succeed. So, you know, he's not going to go in there and other guys on the list might go in there, you know, they might try to force something up. He's going to go in there. And I think in the beginning of the year, he was trying to do it at a fault, like trying to dish it out too much and that can lead to turnovers. But now he's getting comfortable if I, it's my turn to dunk it or is it my turn to dish off a pass and stuff? And he has, he's doing a really good job right now of deciding what to do and when to do. And so I think that's also something you can't, you can teach, but he had, he hadn't been, he doesn't need to be taught it. He just, he learned it growing up playing with older people and stuff. So I think, yeah, it's not even close right now. I mean, he's fun to watch. I think it makes him more fun to watch because Miles Bridges is a freak athlete. And so you got yeah, a great pass. Yeah, a great passer and a freak athlete. Hayward's obviously been born. Like, they got a good deal in Charlotte. And I think, I think they will end up being, you know, an eight or a seven seed just because of how weak the East is outside of that top five or six seeds or whatever. And so um, do I see them beating the Nets or Bucks first round? No, but it could, could they make it interesting? Maybe win a game just because, you know, of what he does. Yeah, and he pushes it. He's as soon as he gets that ball, he wants to go and score. Get a, and you can't teach that. Like a lot of guys, you know, they might want to slow it down, and sometimes it's good to slow it down. But he's gonna fire that thing the full court if you're not ready for it. And so, right. yeah, I think he's a special talent. There's not a lot of guys like him. John compared him to LeBron, obviously, or not compared him to LeBron, but said he has like the same control of a game, which I agree. I think he's more of a like a Jason Kidd kind of even more like Magic Johnson just because of his size and passing ability. But LeBron's a good c- comparison in his court vision, I would say, and just ability to get other teammates involved. And I think the mellow is a good cornerstone piece. I'm not sure if the Hornets will be able to keep him if he'll go to a bigger market, but if they can get some younger players, I mean, PJ Washington, Miles Bridges are good. Hayward's having a great year, but don't get me wrong, but he's a little older. I would even maybe consider trading him to get some young, good wings or big guys if it opportunity opportunity presented itself to build around Lamelo and stuff and get a really athletic team, and then see what you can do. That'd be interesting. Definitely, they, they, they need to put shooters and just scores around Melo because yeah. he, he's going to get it to him. He's going to get it to him. You know, like it's they always say that just playing with LeBron, just keep running. You know, just keep running. He gonna get it to you, and I and that's a that, that's the same thing with Melo. I mean, like, so they definitely need to just fill out fill him out with shooters, man. The thing with Melo that I think he'll have to improve on two things will be, and maybe it's just because on TV he looks really skinny, but he's also like eighteen or nineteen, so I'm sure he'll get bigger. And I'm not he doesn't need to be LeBron size, but he does need to get a little more weight on him just because he's such a long frame and everything. Yeah. And then I think. He has been playing good defense recently, but just being more disciplined on the defensive end, you know, he wants to get the steal because he wants to get out and run and get the highlight alley-oop, which is fun to watch and is good and everything. But there'll be times where, you know, it's just time to sit and help stunt at the guy, you know, guard your guy and everything. And I think when he starts to learn that, it will only help his offensive game because any basketball player would tell you, you know, if your team's playing good defense and everything, it just brings you into a groove on the offensive end. And so if he can start, you know, leading on the defensive end like he does on the offensive end, I mean, the sky is probably the limit. I mean, there's not there's nobody to compare him to because not many guys can do that. Definitely. Definitely. I like that. I like that. So the same way we've been doing in every single episode, man, at, once we finish our top five, Colby, we do a collective top five. So let's come up with let's let's come up with a agreeable top five here. Definitely, this we got the same one and two, everybody. So yeah, we so definitely, definitely know Lamelo's in, in first. Yeah, Lamelo and Halliburton's in second. Um, I had Edwards in three. You had Edwards in three, right, Sean? I, I had I had Edwards in three. Yeah, so I guess I'll have to go three because Kobe's got him in fourth. So 
Kobe, now, I, in... I think Edwards, I could flip Edwards to three and Wiseman to four. I mean, I think it's number five where we're going to have to <laughs> yeah. hash it That's out. That's going to be a tough one. Because John, right. you had Pritchard and I, and I had, and I had quickly. So that's going to be. Uh, I think too, it's hard because quickly, you know, has been playing well recently, but he had really good games middle of the year. Pritchard was playing right. really good at the beginning of the year, but you know, maybe he's not doing as much this year as Celtics like are struggling. And Sadiq Bay really wasn't doing much in the beginning of the year, and now he's playing really well. So they've all kind of started playing really well at different times and stuff, which yeah. makes it difficult to choose because it's like hard to compare I, I, I you know what I, i'm gonna give i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna give the nod to to, to quickly because i have quickly my honorable mentions over here so I, sure. I, I'll, I'll give it to him kobe will you give it to him yeah i'll give it to quickly i mean he's definitely i had him at number six for sure i think couldn't go wrong he's been playing well so it's like i think once he just figures out how to play with rose and i don't think rose is the type of guy to be like difficult to play with or anything either but right that's when he gets Rookies going slumps and stuff, so I think it's it's nothing to worry about. And what he's been doing the last couple of weeks can overshadow his recent couple game struggle and everything. So, and and, and it's all temporary too, you know. Like when 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 De- when Derrick Rose kind of meshes with the team, you know, I think everything's going to kind of fall into place. Yeah, and the Knicks, nobody thinks the Knicks would be good. And granted, a lot of that's due to Julius Randle, but without quickly and guys like that, you know, your team's not very good. So you can't right. just rely on Randall. You need guys like Quickly and Barrett to do their rules and everything. So I think the Knicks, well, they might not be in the playoffs anymore, but they were the seven seed for a while. They're okay. actually in six right now. Oh, so. yeah. So without him, I don't know if they're uh, if they're even in the playoff race. They might be even still an NBA team. <laughs> you said what? If they would even still be an NBA yeah. team without Randall. The Knicks are such a – bad franchise right now it's ridiculous but we won't be so that, for what it was the second or third week in a row that the consensus top five is just my list <laughs> just yeah it's your list again huh <laughs> you got quickly that's crazy that's crazy that's but but there you have it though everybody that is our top five rookie of the year candidates colby man you're the goat man thank you for coming on Man, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's always good to talk a little basketball with my boy John and his brother. So I'm happy to be here. Hopefully, sure to be on another one. But yeah, I'm excited. I love. It. Thank you guys for having me. Definitely, definitely. We we are real, real happy to have you, Jenner. You have any last words to say for the fans? No, just thank you for having me on. Like it was always a lot of fun. This was a this was a, a fun list to put together because there was definitely a consensus like best four players but the fifth you know it was cool to get kind of different opinions and different perspectives from each one so fun as always great list great list to colby too and it was dope i really liked it definitely definitely colby you got any any last words you want to tell the fans no i mean i think that's about it i mean hopefully some of these rookies i had to pick up on my fantasy team can keep on playing well keep on getting me some wins but yeah no it's good to hear it was fun to hear everybody's kind of when we had the same person here what we all thought was a little different thing kind of that we all had one our one unique thing that made them stick out to us which was interesting to hear I think and stuff like that and so it's just nice to be able to talk basketball and stuff with people especially not being able to see as many people right now so man we miss you over there Kobe Kobe out there holding it down man getting buckets Yep, trying it, trying my best. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it, though, man. That, that that's our top five. As always, y'all, make sure y'all go follow everybody's Instagram. I'm put Kobe's Instagram right there, right in his little bubble. Y'all make sure y'all follow that. Put Junior's Instagram right there, right in his little bubble. Make sure you guys follow that. And I'm gonna put the Clutch Talk Instagram right here, man. You guys make make sure you go follow that. That's where we drop all episode updates, uh, NBA interactive polls, and um, and any any upcoming episodes, and just. Everything, everything that we got going on on the channel, man. So yeah, make sure you guys go follow that. Make sure you, you hit that subscribe button, man, wherever you're watching. If you're watching on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're at, man, click that subscribe and let us know what, let us know what topics, topics you guys want to hear, man. But yeah, we got to start doing polls here so we can get, uh, so we get some topics from the fans, you know? <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we'll get some stuff from the fans and uh, let, let, let us know if you, if you guys want us to pull up to Colby, one of Colby's games and do a do a live clutch talk episode at Colby's game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we ever have another game, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we will, we will, we will. Uh, hopefully that's, that's the spirit. Yeah, 
hopefully in a year we'll be playing playing. So yeah, no, definitely got to get John out to a game, watch us beat up on his school SF State. But that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I, I basically don't even go there because it's COVID. I go to COVID University. <laughs> anyway y'all so there you have it that's it for our top five thank you everybody for tuning in and don't forget man stay stay tuned and follow all all, all the instruments man so that's it y'all we out here y'all clutch talk out appreciate it after you take brandy to the prom you coming back to school with shades on your head literally looks like a jersey that you would leave out on the side of the street to get picked up by the garbage company like the next day me and Matt say we're 6'4", but I think we're each probably an inch shorter than that. Me rounding up hurts nobody, helps everybody. Basketball tales so strange, you didn't know that you didn't know them. So listen up, y'all. It's NBA Storytime, available wherever you get your podcasts.